0: Welcome back to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our conversation about a marketing tactic that's both a user engagement and data collection strategy, marketing surveys. Joining us is Eli Schwartz, who's the Director of Growth and SEO at SurveyMonkey, which is the world's leading survey platform that enables companies big and small, including 98% of the Fortune 500, to have conversations at scale with the people who matter the most. Prior to his role leading growth at SurveyMonkey, Eli was an SEO focused growth advisor for various startups, including Zendesk, Quixly, and Quora. Yesterday, Eli told us about the most effective way to use marketing surveys. And today, we're going to talk about best practices for using the data collected in marketing surveys specifically for creating SEO content. Here's the second part of our interview with Eli Schwartz, the director of growth and SEO at SurveyMonkey. Eli, welcome back to the Martech podcast.
2: Thanks, Ben. It's great to be here.
1: It's great to have you back on the show. We covered a lot of ground talking about some of the best practices for using surveys, how often to reach out to customers, uh, how many customers you need to talk to, what are ways that you can format your questions to collect great data. One of the things that stuck out to me was using your marketing surveys to put together marketing content. And you used an anecdote about understanding how many people in Singapore wash their hands after going to the bathroom. And then you also ask questions in a survey, asking people about their behaviors, whether they were Android device users or how old they were, what their gender was. You were able to put together content about, well, the average Android user is less likely to wash their hands or drop their phone in the toilet than the average iPhone users. So you're using your marketing survey data to create content. I'm curious to know what are some of the other ways that you're creating interesting content specifically to help brands build SEO strategies?
2: So when many people think about SEO, they always think that it's a game that is left to spammy sites and brand search. And larger companies never really think about how they can rank on just about everything and they can rank on like an FAQ or there's content that will help them drive their marketing. And it will help them decrease their dependence on paid media because you're bringing in other qualified eyeballs essentially for free with content you've already created. So when I think about an enterprise SEO strategy, I think about a broader approach to how a company can sort of re-architect their marketing direction that all the content they have ladders up into an SEO strategy. And I've seen the most lift with any company I've worked with on SEO by improving their on-page SEO, not even worrying about links, but really improving their architecture and how each page links to another, how the content can be surfaced. I've seen so many examples where pages were not indexed, Google wasn't even crawling the page, where there was no title on the page, Google could identify it, there were PDFs being indexed. There was a company I was helping out where their number one page on their website was a PDF. And PDFs on mobile phones download. So people are clicking into it and they're not even able to engage to the website because they're not on the website anymore. They're on their phone in the PDF and a download file. So really, we architecting websites where everything kind of works together. And then you need this overarching strategy of what is SEO? What do we want to get from our SEO? And how do we tile that content together and build a content plan that works for user acquisition?
1: So we're going into a deeper dive about SEO and a little bit away from marketing surveys. When you're thinking about the general underlying infrastructure for your SEOs, it seems like the way that marketing surveys are used are your maybe whimsical type content, right? How many people wash their hands in the bathroom is the example that you gave. What are some of the other formats of content that you suggest? I get that there's a technical component. Your foundation for SEO has to come up. We talked about some of the top of funnel. What are some of the other content types that you suggest and maybe ways that you can collect data to put those together?
2: I had an interesting thought yesterday. I was walking down the street and I saw one of those line bikes. So I don't know if the listeners are aware of line bikes, but there are these ideas of bikes that are parked in random places where you can use an app and you activate the bike and now you can ride the bike and you pay a certain amount for 15 minutes or whatever. and You don't have to have a bike and it helps you get from point to point. So say you can get from like a train station to your house. So a lot of these companies and there are many of them have raised a lot of money and their acquisition strategy is essentially brand advertising, and throwing bikes everywhere. So they're always in your face. And I was thinking like, what might an SEO strategy be like when they run out of doing brand awareness and they run out of the ability to simply park bikes in front of everywhere someone will possibly be? And I realized that there's probably a lot of people that don't know what those bikes are. They come out of their apartment building and there's a bike in front of them. It says a dollar to ride, but they don't know why there's a bike in front of them. And that's where SEO comes in. So what they're going to be doing is they're going to go online and they're going to say, what's that green bike? And why are there bikes in front of my building? There are a bunch of queries that actually are not necessarily going to lead to acquisition. They're just curiosity queries. And if Lime or whoever any of these other companies are, and there's Jump and City Bike and all that, if they were to create this content strategy around answering the questions people are going to have from discovering their physical objects, from discovering the bike, and then guide them towards downloading the app, renting the bike, And it's actually pretty trackable too, because if they come to this piece of content, you can give them a promotion, their first, whatever couple rides are free. And you know, the people that use those promotion, you know, they came from an organic channel.
1: So I'm going to swing this back around to marketing surveys, because I do think that there's a way to leverage surveys to build your SEO content that we haven't talked about. You're saying that, hey, you have to answer user questions to be able to create content, to understand how to onboard them. What is a bike? How does it work? What's the fee structure? Why is this bike in front of me? Why is the bike green? Those are questions that people that are your customers might have. And so you can use your marketing surveys to try to understand how people view your user experience and what was confusing to them through the onboarding process, and then go turn those questions into your blog posts. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, MuteNex. Talk to me about some of the formats of content that are important when you're putting your SEO strategy and some of the questions that you can glean from your marketing surveys.
2: Absolutely. So if you think about when you're building a content strategy and going back to line bikes there for a like there's a myriad of things you can do. There's endless amounts of content. And what you don't have, unless you've raised a billion dollars, is endless budget. So you have to kind of understand what it is that you should be creating. And that's where the surveys really come in. So you can survey your existing users, or you can survey potential users, or you can even go out on the street and create a clipboard survey and ask people the kind of questions they want to know. And then from there, you glean a bunch of information around is the biggest question they ask of like, how do I pay? So how do I pay for a bike on the street? It doesn't seem to have an ability for me to swipe a credit card. Do I need an app? So that gives you a direction, again, from asking people in your survey of what kind of content you create. And then you can prioritize that essentially with you know standard SEO, best practices of keyword research. And then you can come up with the content you need to create. Does that content need to be an FAQ? When you ask people what their biggest questions were, was it just a simple question of like, how do I pay? That could be a FAQ, a frequently asked question. Or does it need to be something that's answered with a blog post? Say a big question people want to know is, do I need to wear a helmet legally when I ride one of those bikes? And you can go into the whole topic of, Yeah, you kind of do, but that risk is all on you or something like that. That's probably a blog post. So marketing surveys will really give you that idea of what are people curious about? What are the questions you need to answer with your content? And then from there, you prioritize by like, what are people going to be searching for? But also, what are the things we must answer? Because there's no chance someone's going to go and use our product if we don't address that big burning
1: question. So what I'm hearing is there's this sort of general interest content, like the bathroom study that you can use to try to hit a specific profile of customers, right? This is really your self-selection, top of the funnel content. Anybody that's interested in the bathroom behaviors in Singapore and how they relate to using a mobile phone might be making a decision between which type of phone to use. They're just general, like you're looking for smartphone buyers. As you get farther down the funnel, you're answering specific questions that people have about your product experience. And that's kind of what we talked about with the example for line bikes. Are there any other formats of content that you suggest people build into their SEO strategies?
2: There's actually two ways to think about this kind of content that we haven't addressed yet. One is transactional content. So people just want to buy. That would be they would append a keyword in their search of like buy or if it's a local search near me. So really like bottom of the funnel, you just want to help people find exactly what they want to do. And that kind of content doesn't actually need to be very long. And you don't want to be distracting. It's really understanding what your money keywords are and making sure that you have the content for those people. And sometimes it would be an example of where they're actually calling it a different product. So a line bike, if it's they're optimizing for the word bicycle, ride a line bicycle and people search bike, they're not going to find you. For surveys, if we're optimizing for the word questionnaire and what people are looking for a survey, then they're not going to find us. So making sure when people want to deploy or, or buy or physically walk into something, you have all that right content, that transactional content. The second piece on that, and many people don't think of SEO as a retention strategy. And that's where when people have access to your product and they've used your product, they are a customer, a a lapsed customer. So you want to create content that reminds them that your product also does that. So with SurveyMonkey, we have millions of users that have signed up throughout our almost 20 years of existence, and they may already have accounts with us, or they may have dormant accounts, or they may have active accounts. They just didn't realize that we were the solution they were looking for. So it's creating that content, not to acquire a new customer, but to remind an existing customer that we have that solution for them.
1: I'm going to swing this back around to marketing surveys because you talked about building the bottom of the funnel content. And one of the ways you could do that is building content for actually trying to make a transaction like adding the buy. And you mentioned near me. And the question that I would have is, okay, well, how do you know where to create the pages, right? If you're going to create a list of geographies, if you're a national brand, but you want to have local presence, you have to understand, are you going for major urban metros? Are you going for every small city? Which pages should you prioritize? And I think that's another place where you can go and collect user data. There's probably other ways around it you know, using your geotargeting, using Google Analytics to understand where your user base is visiting, what the geotargeting is. But it's another thing that as you're doing your surveys, trying to understand households, lifestyles, and locations is another place that you could use surveys. And that can relate to your bottom of funnel content. While we're on the topic, we talked about ways that you could use surveys to build top of funnel, middle of funnel, customer conversion, and even retention content. Any just other general SEO strategies that you recommend or that you've seen be successful, surveys related or not?
2: I think the number one strategy that works is really going back to the basics and not trying to use the latest technology, not trying to use Ajax on a website, not trying to use single page apps, but really ensuring that your content is readable by search engines. So Google will always say that they read JavaScript and they do read JavaScript. but They don't really rank JavaScript so well. So going back to the basics and ensuring that content is plain HTML and plain text and readable to a basic crawler is the number one thing that I've seen help websites. So if a website tried to use different technologies, they've used Ajax, even sites that are using React, where again, supposedly Google can crawl that, when they go back and just use HTML, suddenly their rankings seem to increase And it's not just like targeting rankings and not a huge fan of that as a success metric. It's really organic conversions. So they'll see organic conversions increase because they now have more keywords and more of their pages are visible to search engines and to search users. It's not really the next best thing to do. It's actually here's the last best thing to do that you were supposed to do years ago.
1: Yeah. It's basically going back to the basics and making sure that you're using technologies that are applicable and Google understands. So a little bit away from our conversation about surveys, but since you've been so focused on SEO throughout your career, I appreciate you giving us the advice. Any last words that you want to share with marketers related to surveys, growth, anything else that you've seen that's a hot topic?
2: I think it will be very interesting to see where organic traffic goes in the next couple of years because there's a lot happening. And it's something that we were seeing at SurveyMonkey where like voice search, like how does voice search play into surveys and voice search play into search. So users can't deploy a survey on voice, If they're searching for our products, they can't deploy a survey. We're a SaaS product, they actually have to go and discover us and use a computer or use a phone or use an app to go and create that survey. So. What does voice do? And then, as we go into other sort of devices, what about like home hubs? It's again, the same idea where they can't deploy a survey from that. So, we need to adapt our organic strategies. And many companies are going to need to be adapting their strategies because the product and the delivery of the product doesn't necessarily change. So, from an e commerce standpoint, yes, you can find an e commerce product if you know exactly what you're searching for by voice. But if you want to compare two products, it's kind of hard to compare that on voice. So I think it'll be very interesting what happens in the next few years with organic. I think this is organic's time to shine, especially with what's going on with paid and how expensive paid and how difficult paid will be. I really think that next couple of years, as search becomes easier, search will also become a lot harder. And that's where you really need the right people to help focus on that and build that strategy around it. Like search is probably going to go into cars soon. Right, is there's more self-driving cars, there's more connected devices in cars. There will be a way we're searching from cars. There is sort of a way you're searching maps in cars, but can you do an e-commerce search from a car when you're at a red light? Will the car allow you to do that? And then how will you build a strategy around capturing that search? Because someone will. And if you don't capture that search, your competitor will.
1: Lots of deep thoughts in terms of the future of search. I think that it's a topic that we've covered a little bit, but I do agree that it's going to be a change. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to have the conversation specifically about using surveys and SurveyMonkey is it's another mechanism to gather data and to be smarter with your marketing. And then it applies to what you're doing on the paid side, what you're doing in organic, and it's another tool that's useful for the arsenal. So Eli, thank you again. And I appreciate you coming on the show and telling us about SEO and how you suggest marketers use marketing surveys.
2: Thank you, Ben. It was great being here and thanks for having me on the show.
1: All right. Thanks so much, Eli. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Eli Schwartz, the Director of Growth and SEO at SurveyMonkey for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Eli, you can click the link in our show notes to his LinkedIn profile. You can send him a tweet at 5LE, that's the number 5, the letter L, the letter E, or you can visit his website, which is elishwartz.co, E-L-I-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z.co. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to the martechpod.com website where we have summaries of all of our episodes and have all of our guest contact information. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com questions, where you can send us your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. And of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, on LinkedIn and on Twitter. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we've got some great episodes lined up. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is just focus on keeping your customers happy.